0: Welcome to the Listen with NGFA podcast. I'm Sarah Gonzalez, and today we'll hear from NGFA Chief Economist Max Fisher, who leads our Rail Shipper Receiver Committee. He'll break down the rail service issues our members have been experiencing across the country and outline next steps for the association with the Surface Transportation Board. As always, if you have questions about our podcast topics or want to share any service issues your company has experienced, please reach out to NGFA staff. Thanks for listening all right max thanks for joining us today so um as staff lead of ngfa's rail shipper receiver committee can you just first provide a quick overview of the general sentiment our rail shippers are having on the current state of affairs and how that's escalated in the past few months
1: uh sure yeah so yeah over the past few months um uh, the rail service challenges have expanded and they, they have reached, uh, what, what many of the, many in the grain industry consider to be an unacceptable level. Mm-hmm. Um, right now we have trains that are sitting at the origins, like the, uh, essentially like the grain elevators in the Midwest, uh, sitting there for like 10 to 14 days at times. Um, normally those trains would move shortly after they're loaded, like within a day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, as a result of those trains sitting in the Midwest, uh, the destinations um, such as like on the coasts and so forth, like think think like California or Pacific Northwest or Gulf Coast, um, they're just not getting as much grain as they need uh, to operate their facilities, to uh, keep cattle fed and to uh, to ship out grain via export. And then also even in the Midwest, you have facilities that, you know, Produce grain products such as ethanol. Um, some of them are having to slow down or shut down as well because um, they have enough corn and like soybean oil in, in their feedstocks. You know whether they're a ethanol plant or a or a soybean you know, you know biofuels plant um, <clears throat> to operate. But the problem is is their their rail sidings will fill up, so they'll have the rail cars out there and they'll get they'll get full of the products, say ethanol and then the railroad, you know, doesn't have enough labor to come out and actually pull the trains away. So Mm -hmm. then that facility has to stop operating because they have nowhere to go with their product, you know, ethanol in this example. So um, anyway, it's a real, real situation right now going on. And uh, anyway, many, many within the grain and feed industry are kind of at wit's end as to what to do.
0: Right. And so one of the things that NGFA has been doing to act on this has been to make several requests to the Surface Transportation Board, including testifying at a hearing earlier this week. Um, can you, before we get into that, could you just give a brief summary of the role the STB plays in addressing these service issues and what our top priority um, is for the STB to take action?
1: Sure, yeah, I'll just, you know, write a little, a little history on this, I guess. Uh, <laughs> You know, so obviously the U.S. government played a large role in the formation of the railroads. You know, they they provided literally millions of acres of land uh, to facilitate the building of the railroads. You know, over a hundred years ago, and uh, and and due to the nature of the railroads, um, you know, there are very few of them. They're spread out. Um, it makes it to where they essentially have like a monopoly on their space, Right. where you know that you don't have the natural um, competitive forces in play that you do in other businesses. So, as a result of that, you know, the US government has this regulator called the Surface Transportation Board that uh, is considered to be the economic regulator of the railroads, uh, just to try to uh, essentially keep them from, uh, you know, doing the things that you you hear about from the 1800s when you hear about like the robber barons and things mm-hmm. of that nature. So, um, so, anyway, so we have, we, NGFA, have been reaching out to the Surface Transportation Board, SDB for short, and uh, asking them to intervene on behalf of shippers and receivers uh, to try to get the railroads to provide better rail service. And uh, anyway, so we've they recently held a hearing, uh, happened the last couple of days, and uh, they, they were taking Uh, comments from organizations like NGFA and others about the impact that's happening. And then also proposals as to how to fix this.
0: What actions has the board already taken to address some of these issues?
1: Um, So what they have at their disposal now that, you know, they have things called emergency service orders where if a, if there is an operation that cannot get rail service and it's, you know, endangering their business, uh, they can reach out to the board to, to ask to have another railroad come in and operate on the incumbent railroad's tracks mm-hmm. to get the product or take product away. Um, the problem is, is you have to actually, even if the board grants it, you then have to get the, the alternative railroad to agree to provide the service, which right now, you know, we have you know, essentially four of the seven class ones that are having a hard time providing the service, two in the east, two in the west. And so even if you happen to be near another railroad, say in the West, that other railroad is having its own service problems. So they're not necessarily going to be able to take care of you very well because they're having a hard enough time taking care of their current customers. Mm -hmm. So so that's one remedy uh, that right now is not really much of a remedy. So anyway, the board is. You know, they they have proposed they have a rulemaking in place now proposal out there uh, to try to change the rules on these emergency service orders to make it to where, you know, the board can have a little more control to where they they can essentially tell the railroads in, in such situations that, Hey, you have to provide the service to them. Like that company is going to go out of business. If you don't, animals are going to die, uh, things of that nature. So that's, that's one thing the board is looking at. Another that we, uh, we hope they're going to look at soon is just to provide more transparency. Um, there's there's just not enough information flow right now um, as far as the first mile last mile service, uh-huh. and what I'm referring to there is I'm I'm talking about when when those cars are loaded, you know how, how you know how much time does it take for those cars to be <clears throat> to be pulled, or you know vice versa like when a when a grain company needs cars, how long does it take for the cars to be delivered? So that that type of service right now. Uh, the board does not have data on. So, you know, the railroads have that and then they just kind of depend on organizations like NGFA to tell them when there's issues out there um, with the first mile, last mile. So we would like for the board to have that data. We'd also like for, you know, the railroads to provide their rail customers with that data too, just to help with tracking and things like the car trip plan um, to be able to better estimate, you know, the actual trip plan versus the estimated and, Yes. I just think the transparency will will just end up helping. Um, you know, if you shed a light on something, sometimes you're you're more motivated to, uh, I guess, to perform better when, kind of when, I guess when, <laughs> your dirty laundry is being exposed. So so to speak. <clears throat> so and
0: to require more frequent reporting of this data as well, right? Or data yeah. that they're already reporting. <laughs> To be more, yeah,
1: yeah that, that's another area that we'd like to see is you know, we'd like to see the, the board to play a more active role, like weekly, in getting status updates in the railroads and their uh, they're hiring because that's the main issue right now. The main, primarily, there just aren't enough conductors out there. Mm-hmm. You know, the railroads, uh, uh, they just let go of too many back in uh, 2019 before the pandemic, and then they let go of even more during the pandemic, and now they just don't have enough to provide service. so. Uh, yeah, we'd like for more more reporting, certainly, um, especially on employment.
0: How have the railroads been responding to shippers' complaints so far?
1: <clears throat> I, You know, I think there's sympathetic. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, I, I think they want to provide better rail service. Um, you know, they're just uh, in between a rock and a, you know, a hard place right now where they just don't have enough employees to serve all their customers. Um, you know, there are some decisions made and some hiring did not happen. And now now they are where they are. And uh, I think they're kind of scrambling, trying to get out of this, trying to help out.
0: So lack of labor has been brought on by the pandemic for many industries. What does precision scheduled railroading have to do? with these issues because that has been being implemented by railroads for several years now
1: you know at its core you know my understanding of precision scheduled railroading is you know it just means uh prioritizing your service you know trying to kind of taking your most profitable profitable shipments um making those happen you know cutting costs wherever possible so you know we've kind of seen a you know, where the, the, U, the US economy's, you know, been growing. Anyway, it would be nice for the, essentially the rail network to be growing in the amount of volume that they handle along with the US economy, but they've kind of taken a different approach and they're not, uh, they haven't been necessarily like growing their bottom lines through, through volume growth. Instead, they've been growing their bottom lines by reducing costs and re- raising rates and uh, mm-hmm. demarketing some traffic. And uh, anyway, it's been very good, you know, for their investors, but uh, not as good for the the stakeholders of rail, such as uh, rail customers.
0: So this is something I touched on a little bit, but these problems have been escalating recently, but these aren't really brand new issues for our industry. And we know that there's a lack of rail competition and there has been for a while now why why has this been so difficult to address um what's been what have been some of the barriers to shippers you know bringing cases forward to the board or, or to the railroads themselves
1: um i think one of the one of the tough parts is that you know prior to like 1980 you know the government was very heavy-handed you know in the running of the railroads and uh to the point to where you had some of them that were not doing very well financially. So, so 1980, essentially the government stepped back and kind of just let the roads do whatever they want to do. And, you know, for a period of time that, that was good. You know, there, was you know, a lot of times you introduce free market principles and uh, things, things get better and they did for a while, but then, you know, I'd say in the last 10 to 15 years, things have kind of turned in a bad way to where now the, the railroads have realized, you know, more so, you know, what kind of market power they have. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, through this PSR, they've kind of also realized like how to really fully take advantage of it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's resulted in uh, essentially rail customers not getting not only the volume amount of service they want, but also just the quality of service that they need to run their operations. So I I think the board has been hesitant in years past uh, to intervene just because of where things were prior to 1980. Um, But I think now they're, they're starting to realize that things have gotten so out of kilter and realizing now that, you know, due to the market power that the railroads have, which is unlike just about any other industry in the United States that, you know, free market is certainly a, a good thing in general and we can still enjoy a lot of that in railroading but there needs to be some parameters put in place just to ensure that um, rail customers and society at large can can also benefit or benefit more so than they are now
0: and one of the other ways i wanted to touch on that we're asking the stb to address this imbalance is to provide finan- more financial incentive for the railroads to perform in the same way that they uh, provide financial incentives for their customers through demerge fees. So if you could briefly describe the request we're making to the STB to kind of flip that demerge scenario the other way around to the benefit of shippers.
1: Sure. Yeah, I'm glad you asked that. You know, it's mm-hmm. a classic case of what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, the demerge fees that railroads assess to uh, rail customers when they don't load or unload uh, fast enough, for example, usually within 24 hours. Um, you know, that's you know that that has incentivized you know, a lot of rail customers to have more labor on hand to ensure that they get those cars loaded and unloaded quickly to keep the railroad network going as efficiently as possible from their end. Um, but however, there, there's no penalties if the railroads decide they're going to leave those cars for say 10 to 14 days, you know, sitting on the track, or if they're just not going to provide shipments to your operation when you need them. So um, anyway, so it's, it's right now it's, it's a, it's a one way street, you know, one side is fully incentivized, you know, through these merge fees and the other, quite frankly is not. And, uh, that's something NGFA is proposing. Like we, we really think that these rail service issues, which, which happen, you know, on a fairly regular basis, this happens to be probably the worst one that we've had in decades, Mm -hmm. Um, But we really think that if we had this reciprocal demurrage to where it went both ways, that these rail service challenges would become fewer and farther between.
0: And there's been stories out there of, you know, some of the consequences of these service issues lately, including animals not being able to get fed. The feed shipments can't make it. Can you just describe briefly what's at stake if these problems aren't addressed soon <laughs> and in a timely manner
1: okay yeah you just end up you know going back to you know uh you know just competitive markets like you just end up essentially with the u.s ag industry let's let's say that like uh, before the rail service challenges just for example a benchmark it will say the u.s agriculture is operating at a hundred percent you know of, uh of productivity you know of potential productivity and right now you know due to these rail service challenges we have we have you know operations that either have to slow down or shut down for periods of time so we're we're clearly no longer at 100% so output from the US agriculture industry has has been um, reduced as a result of these challenges and um, anyway what you know there's a number of things that happened because of that one is increased food price inflation like this absolutely is leading to higher food prices. Mm -hmm. And then also you end up with just lower prices being paid to farmers. So it kind of, you know, you end up when you have, when you have higher transportation costs or just general inefficiencies introduced to your supply chain, it costs consumers more and farmers get paid less. Like that's, those are the two things that happen. And uh, that's what's, that's exactly what's going on now. So we're going to end up using fewer commodities let's say, you know, to export. So we will end up with a higher higher balance at the end of the year, higher carry out of, of our uh, raw ingredients, like our grains at the end of the year. And then we're gonna end up producing less of our finished ag products, say meat, dairy, things of that nature, ethanol. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, so we're just underutilizing our U.S. ag assets in this country as a result of these rail service challenges.
0: That's a good way to summarize it, That thank you. Yeah. Um, Are there any final thoughts that you have?
1: Um, You know, obviously, you know, we we want the board to act as fast as possible. And we also, you know, just want the railroads to act as fast as possible to get the people hired that they need. You know, generally, generally, you know, we we do still, you know, it's partnership. It is, you know, it's a business partnership, but nonetheless, it's a partnership, you know, between the grain feed industry and the railroads. And, uh, you know, we need them and they need us. And, uh, anyway, so we just, we just truly are in their corner rooting for them. You know, it may sound like you're complaining, but Mm -hmm. really at the end of the day are, are rooting for them to win, you know, essentially to win their battle, to get their networks performing the way they need them to be. Also realize that they, you know, not only do they need us, but they also, you know, look, you know, to their investors on wall street. So we, we realize that we, you know, we we're going to need help we need it from the surface transportation board to help us just to make sure that the proper incentives are in place just to ensure that uh, our supply chains in the US run run the way we want them to run you know at full efficiency
0: well max thank you so much for talking with me and i know you've been talking a lot about this lately especially today so i appreciate it just one more reminder to ngfa members listening that you can contact ngfa staff with any questions or examples of service issues you're facing, or suggestions for future topics?